chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us today, we have Ben Larson, founder of Gateway, an accelerator and investment fund for cannabis startups. Ben, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here. So, you know, I had I just mentioned um, uh, prior to the, the show starting uh, how difficult it can be to raise capital for uh, cannabis startups. So um, tell me, how did you guys get into this particular market? Well, you know, it was probably that difficulty that drew, drew us in. Um, you know, we have launched about two years ago at this time. And uh, what brought us in really was observing kind of the, the chasm that existed in between the early stage founders that were entering the industry and all this capital that was allegedly coming in and interested in investing in cannabis companies. But there wasn't a whole lot of movement. And what we observed by going to some of these pitch competitions that were occurring was that the sophistication of the founders um, or what they were pitching just wasn't quite on the level of what the investors were used to seeing, um, at least here in Silicon Valley. So tell me, uh, when you're saying founders, are you referring to like founding members of companies? Yeah, that's correct. You know, the, the, you know we kind of play in the startup realm. Um, if you think of tech startups, it's usually one or two people uh, quickly building something and trying to lay the foundation. And uh, we saw that people started doing that in the tech industry or in the cannabis industry. So what do you look for in founders uh, that you invest in? You know, it, it's tricky. Um, we're, we're pretty early stage, so we don't get to look at, you know, the P&Ls and, and look at the, the traction that a lot of the founders have. I mean, they might have a little bit of traction, but what we're really digging down to is the psyche of the founder. Um, you know, do they have that, that drive and grit that it's going to take to, you know, make it through the ups and downs, which are seemingly exaggerated in the cannabis industry. Um, and are they going to, you know, are they going to make it for the long haul and be able to build a team? And so there are a couple uh, characteristics that we look for when we're evaluating the founders. One of those is a sense of inevitability. Like, are they going to keep building this company no matter what? No matter if I give them money or if someone else gives them money, are they going to bring this company into fruition? And then the other part is, are they able to sell the dream? You know, it's, it's, it's very important that you can build and, you know, get your company to market. But what's your vision? And, and what are you going to sell people on? Like, how are you going to get them behind you and get them pushing forward and, and building your company alongside you? So having that, uh, that mission, vision, and values prior to coming to, uh, to meet with you is probably a pretty important thing then. Well, it, it, it's, it's super important. You know, the first thing that we do when we sit down with founders after they've entered the program is establish their brand foundation. You know, what is the vision and what's your big, hairy, audacious goal, to quote Jim Collins? Um, and then all the way down into what are your daily habits? How are you going to ensure that you're on track every day? And then what's the persona of the company that is going to represent, you know, the company beyond just who you are? And so, you know, all these things are things that you need to consider, but help make decision making, you know, 
easier as you proceed down the road. So what are, what are some of the challenges uh, when building a, a cannabis startup? Sure. Well, um, you know, in an emerging industry, um, what we've recognized is that when you build your company, you're going to be relying on service providers, partners, you know, various entities that will help you with advertising and marketing to hiring and, and whatever else it is. Um, in the cannabis industry, you need to really understand the ability of your partners and those that you hire to kind of follow through on what your expectations are. Um, there's a lot of relationship vetting that goes on. This is a very relationship-based industry, as anyone that's in the industry knows, and it's going to be that way for a while. You know, yes, it's it's booming and, and things are evolving quickly, but you really need to build that trust because we're all just kind of trying to make it here, right? It's, you know, every company in the greater sense of the word is, is kind of early stage. Um, so there's, there's a lot of learning to be done. You know, you need, need to ensure that you're not relying mm -hmm. too strongly on, on partners. Now you had mentioned uh, that you're based out of Silicon Valley. Do you see a lot of, uh, of tech startups or do you see more, uh, along the lines of like growing mediums and things like that or kind of 50, 50? Uh, you know, I would honestly say it's about 50-50. We, we did locate ourselves here um, in Oakland uh, because of the, the proximity to Silicon Valley, but also to South San Francisco where you have kind of like Genentech and the, the biotech firms. Um, also, San Francisco has a, a massively growing, you know, tech uh, community in its own right. Um, and then Napa Valley and Humboldt County to the north, obviously, uh, there's benefits there. Um kind of gives us that wide perspective of various talent that's coming into the industry. So, you know, these people that have these very different types of backgrounds coming in and adding a new unique knowledge um, makes it a really exciting opportunity for an organization like ours. So uh, a person wants to uh, acquire funding for their startup. Uh, kind of walk us through the process of uh, meeting with, with your group. Yeah. So, you know, for us, um, you know, we have a very typical application process, and when we launched with the accelerator model, um, it was very easy. It was, here's the standard terms. Um, we're going to pile on a bunch of extras to try to um, help prop you up and speed you along as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. um, my co-founder and I are very involved in the development of each company that comes to the program. Um, and so... That's an initial kind of uh, an initial investment comes through the program. So fifty thousand dollars in exchange for five percent, um, plus all this extra sweat equity that we put in. Um, as companies come through, then we're getting them ramped up some earlier than others and getting them ready for that next level investment. When we're talking about raising anywhere between you know five hundred k and and five million dollars, um, and so all along that process, the the, the story is changing, but Really, it all comes down to traction, right? When we're looking at a company, traction is who have you convinced to go on this adventure with you? So have you recruited a co-founder? Have you been able to build your product? Have you gotten it out to the market? Have you talked to your customers? All these kind of things. These are examples of traction even before you have sales. And then when we're pushing companies through the program and getting them to that next level of funding, the next benchmark, we're trying to aim them in a direction that's like, you know, what's going to be interesting to that next investor? You know, obviously, they're going to want to see you to market. They're going to want to see some traction. 
in actual sales traction is good. And then growth, you know, like if you've been to market for the last couple of months, what have your week to week growth been? And you should see week to week growth unless you have a really long sales cycle, at which point you just need to be creative in how you express that. Well, you know, I, I would say probably uh, CRMs and things like that, that you can pull the data back of how many touches you have with a client, even if you did have a long sales cycle, probably would help in that vetting process. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, what, what you do, you just build out your sales model, and then you kind of have a bunch of assumptions in there. And as you kind of go through the process over and over and over again, you start refining those, you know, percentage likelihoods of closing and moving on to the next stage. And if you do that, you can actually calculate, you know, what your growth is per week. So uh, you've been around for about two years. Um, How many uh, companies have you guys invested in so far? So we've had 18 companies that we've invested in so far. Um, The first two cohorts, 15 companies total. Um, But we've kind of now started shifting into this rolling acceptance basis. So we've brought in another three companies uh, thus far as part of this kind of new, what we call differential acceleration and now bringing on about one company every couple weeks. That's actually pretty good growth right there. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're pretty happy with it. It's definitely have, has keeping us busy. Um, but, you know, as we kind of continue to grow and expand what we do, um, you know, we just also are kind of a startup ourselves. We like to stay um, agile and adjust our, our method to be whatever helps the companies the most. And so we've again, switch to this differential acceleration because it allows us to focus really on the the needs of each company that comes in instead of trying to fit them to our schedule. And so um, by bringing one company in at a time, you know, we're, we're getting grounded with them, building that brand foundation, setting their key metrics, and then personally introducing them to our network of, of mentors and advisors and investors. Um, And yeah, it's just been great. And then on top of all that, you know, we're growing the amount of capital that we're investing into companies, and it's going to allow us to do more follow-on investing. So 18 uh, companies thus far, uh, about two a month, you said? Yeah, you, you could think of it as, um, you know, if we were to keep the, the five to 10 companies every six months, um, that'll keep us on a similar schedule as what we were seeing before. That's excellent. That's excellent. We, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, we have Ben Larson, founder of Gateway, an accelerator and investment fund for cannabis startups. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Running a successful cannabis business isn't easy. Successful businesses need to have strong people to achieve long-term results. At Live Advisors, we believe people are the heart of business, and training people can help you infinitely grow your business. Learn more about our offerings at liveadvisors.com. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. 
the next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. We have Ben Larson with Gateway. And uh, we're, we're kind of diving into uh, some topics that uh, really uh, the onion doesn't get parted back too terribly often. And that is uh, raising funding for cannabis startups. Um, which, you know, honestly, from what I had seen, a lot of VC uh, just didn't get involved until the issuing of the Cole Memorandum, mm-hmm. um, which seems to also kind of coincide with uh, perhaps when you guys uh, jumped into the market. Mm-hmm. Would that be a correct, a correct assumption? Um, you know, it, it, it might coincide, but really it was us getting into the industry was really the industry drawing us in. My, my co-founder and I had previously worked um, at a global startup incubator called Founder Institute. Um, and when we were kind of looking for that next adventure, we were exploring where the greatest needs were. And people just kept calling us about cannabis. Um, you know, whether it was advising early stage deal flow for an investment company or coaching companies at pitch competitions um, or just going out and hanging out a sesh with some friends and realizing People were being unnecessarily secretive about everything. And it really just kind of started drawing a lot of questions into our mind. And um, we kind of realized that now is the time. You know, uh, legalization in California was, um, well, tentatively about that time. Um, And so we're like, well, now's the time to get in and really help uh, this industry kind of mature. And we thought one of the best ways to do that was build very trustworthy, sophisticated companies that investors can trust. And then if we got more capital coming in at a higher rate, that that would allow the industry to grow and evolve. So approach to creating great companies? Um, you know, you'll, you'll hear this probably just about from any VC, um, but really it comes down to the founder. You know, are, are these people that are ethical and, you know, like I said before, have that strong vision can build a great company, can be trustworthy, and, you know, really just have the greatest integrity. After so, that, oh, sorry, go ahead. So it's not necessarily just the, uh, the idea, but really the, uh, the tenacity of the individual or the group uh, that, uh, that are behind the idea. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, they have to, you know, to be attractive to investors, you want to build a scalable company. And so that in and of itself is kind of a, a filter. Um, not mm-hmm. everyone wants to build a billion-dollar company. Um, a lot of people, and you know, this is completely fine, want to build a lifestyle company or a small mom and pop, but that's just not right for venture capital. So that kind of in and of itself uh, self-selects for us. Um, if we find the right founder that does have that big vision, we can generally help them steer their idea into that trajectory for building a very large and powerful company. So you had mentioned a term before. Um, so what is a differential mm-hmm. accelerator? 
<laughs> sure, sure. So it's uh, you know something I've coined recently um, to kind of talk about how we're evolving evolving the accelerator program. A lot of times when people think of accelerators and incubators, they think of maybe a co-working space, classes that you attend once a week, you know, kind of a set group of mentors and whatnot. Um, while that has been helpful and helps build a nice little community, we found that if we have the office space and we constantly have people in it, that gets, that gets the whole working side all taken care of. The value of driving these companies forward and just being really invested one-on-one -on -one with them and introducing them to the people that they need to drive their business forward is where we've really shown a lot of benefit. So we sit down with these companies for hours a week and are leveraging our networks to get them in touch with maybe the person that's built a similar company that's a few steps ahead of them that can really talk about what it was like going through the trenches or maybe someone that's five years down the road and has built a billion dollar company already. You know, these are the types of people that you need to help advise your company to really take it to the next level. Um, and frankly, you know, having this network where we've been able to have a hybrid of the Silicon Valley investors and, and entrepreneurs that have done it before, right alongside the, the cannabis entrepreneurs that know the industry really well, gets this kind of knowledge set that is going to allow our companies to grow really fast in this emerging market. You know, it, it sounds uh, something that uh, would not typically take place in, a, in an investment firm. Um, uh, uh, you know, this concierging of, uh, of the information, of, of really, you know, going in the trenches with uh, the companies that you're investing in. Would, would you say that that is a, a, uh, uh, something that is unique to your firm? Uh, yeah, I mean, 100%. We um, are... You know, we're founders at the heart of it. My, my co-founder and I have had several startups of our own. Um, you know, this is the actual first time we're calling ourselves venture capitalists. Um, you know, we've done angel investing and all that, but we've always taken the approach from, from the founder perspective. And so we have very founder-friendly terms. We basically do whatever, you know, our experience for the benefit of the companies coming through our program. So some of the companies, uh, do you have any examples of companies that have gone through your system uh, or your program? Any success stories yet? Um, sure. Uh, you know, it's like uh, everyone always asks if we've had an exit yet. And I'm like, yeah, it's only been two years. You know, the, the companies that we're, we're growing tend to have kind of this trajectory of, of like a five to ten years before, before there's a major liquidity event. But as far as successes, we're, we're very proud of our companies. And so there's three major categories that companies kind of fall into when they come through the program. They're either software, hardware, or consumer packaged good, like edibles or oils. Um, so from the, the hardware side, we've had some really cool products come through, you know, everywhere from personal consumption devices to ag tech. On the ag tech side, uh, we have a company called GrowX. Awesome founders. Like I said before, this is where the key is. Uh, former SpaceX engineer teamed up with a, you know, New York financier. Together, they make this really awesome team that's just driving forward this big vision. They're doing AI-controlled aeroponics. And why this is exciting for us, not only because of the opportunity, it is dramatically increasing yield, decreasing growth cycle, dramatically decreasing the amount of inputs that it takes to grow the plant. And... I mean, this has the ability to transform the cannabis industry, yes. 
But what's really exciting is they're already getting calls from mainstream agriculture. And when we look forward into the future, it's very exciting for us to say, yes, this change, this technology that is going to allow us to do vertical farming and improve agriculture for everyone came out of the cannabis industry. That's transformative. You know, it's it's funny that that you mentioned that. So uh, I've, I've mentioned on a few of my other shows. You know, I'm a, I'm a lighting designer, an energy efficient lighting designer. Have been for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what I've witnessed in the in uh, in just the, a short few years. Um, obviously, you know, LED technology has really come to the forefront on all commercial industrial space. Um, but it is it is really starting to get a huge foothold in not only the cannabis market, but the the food production, allergy production, bio uh, biofuels, um, and it's it's across the board with what's going on. And it's it's really an exciting time to see uh, how fast we're getting to these next steps of understanding um, where you know it, lighting itself really had had no. Uh, changes to it since the invent of the incandescent bulb with Thomas Edison. So it's, it's a really cool thing to see happening and you guys are behind some of it. That's excellent. It's, you know, we are, are merely getting behind the right people and trying to help them as much as we can. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to see what, what, what's to come for, for that company. Um, you know, another end of the spectrum, we have cool new products coming out, that are mainstream approachable. We have Somatic. Uh, it's a cold brew coffee that was the first edible that really teamed up with a, a mainstream partner. So there's Ritual Coffee that has this kind of cult following here in, in San Francisco. And, you know, they've been very strong partners. They, they put their logo right on the, the Somatic bottle saying, this is made with our beans. Um, and it has just received rave reviews. Um, and it's that kind of, you know, approachable low dose that's going to be a nice entry item for, for the new consumer or even, you know, people like myself who have just a low tolerance. I'm a big fan of low dose on any medible whatsoever. It's just so much safer. Um, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, we have Ben Larson with Gateway. We'll be right back with you folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC. Symbol MCIG. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network. 
founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. Today we have Ben Larson, founder of Gateway. Now, Gateway is kind of an interesting scenario. Uh, They are uh, venture capitalists for cannabis startups. Uh, They've been around a couple of years, and they're doing some great things. So, uh, Ben, tell us, what is the vision for Gateway? Sure. So, our vision is that, you know, cannabis is going to be so much more impactful to everyone's lives than they can even imagine. You know, we were talking about agriculture technology influence, you know, the influencers coming out of the cannabis industry that are going to change all of agriculture for everyone around the world. I mean, this is huge. What Gateway really sees themselves is not only tapping into this talent and making those opportunities viable, but also creating that confidence in the industry that allows this industry to move quickly into the mainstream. You know, the the more public we are talking about these companies that are doing good in the world and that are trustworthy businesses and aren't kind of reminiscent of the shady black market that scares a lot of people. Um, you know, this is when we'll know we do our job. You know, at, as any venture capitalist, you know, at the very crux of it, yes, we're capitalists. We are going to try to build great companies that do very large things. But the only way you really get there is by doing companies that are doing good things. And it makes you feel good. It does, yes, it's most certainly. And, and you know, right now, there, there's such an opportunity in this industry. We, we talk all about the kind of, quote-unquote, greenfield opportunities that just, you know, there, there's just hasn't been addressed yet because the industry is so new. But we're also kind of in this transitionary state where there were some old solutions that, you know, people weren't the happiest with. So there is opportunity for companies to come in and just innovate on that and help this kind of cannabis 1.0 convert to cannabis 2.0. I like that cannabis 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's funny, you mentioned the black market and the black market certainly has tried to keep its, its hold as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, as it relates to that, what, uh, what do you think the future holds for the cannabis industry? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going through some growing pains, right? There's some people that have uh, built their livelihoods under under one paradigm, and and that is quickly shifting to kind of this uh, very complicated legal market. I think uh, what a lot of people need to realize is that we need to come together and really figure out how to move this industry forward incrementally. Um, you know, a lot of people push back on the legalization efforts because it's impacting their own business. If you look at California, there was a ton of infighting. You know, it while it, it passed pretty handedly, you know, it felt like it was 50-50. It didn't ever feel like a sure thing, which is is okay. I mean, it, it, it's good and it's bad, right? It's You're not going to be able to please everyone. But when you look at it, when you look at the benefit that, that Prop 64 passing had on the industry, you know, 98% of the people around the world just know that California legalized. And so it's going to be about moving the ball forward 
together and just you know, realizing that we're kind of on this continuous battle. I think once we get the uh, the uh, analytics back from uh, what the taxation is for California, uh, <laughs> it's really going to, to make some ears perk up. I mean, when you have the fifth largest economy in the world that now uh, allows for adult recreational use, that's that's a big deal. And you know, it's it's funny. You know, it's it's. I love the term. I had uh, I had uh, Allison Holcomb, who was uh, the campaign manager for I five hundred two Washington's initiative, and mm-hmm. there was a ton of infighting with that as well. Yeah. And it, it almost seemed like it continued just to blossom from there. You know, there's this just animonious uh, 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 push from uh, you know the underground, and right. uh, you know, in in a lot of ways, uh, I I think that that really impacted Arizona's initiative. You know, we we're the only of eight states that couldn't get it together, even though we were the first uh, to pass uh, medical. And we we passed medical three times, yet the first time we have recreational on the ballot, uh, you know, we have uh, underground people that were literally uh, going from head shop to head shop and putting propaganda for a no vote, uh, saying that, uh, you know, they weren't going to be able to sell their pipes anymore and all these other things. It's just, it's a horrible scenario when uh, when something so beautiful and so perfect as cannabis has to be relegated to, uh, you know, greed. Yeah, you know, look, I like to... I like to live in the future. I'm I'm looking towards the future, and I know that we will all get to look back someday, and be like, you know, wasn't it awesome to be at the the ground level of something that is so, you know, it's going to be you as ubiquitous as the internet, right? It's going to be a part of everyone's lives. We're going to break it down into the individual molecules, and you're going to find it in nutraceuticals and pet care and athletics and fibers and construction and everything. It's going to be everywhere. And we're going to look back on these days and be like, oh, my God, we were all fighting so hard for what we believed in. We just all had these different perspectives. But now we've reached this new world. And, you know, our kids are going to look back and be like, it's just going to be like, oh, that was like black and white television, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait until it's not as uh, as unique, you know, when it just is either in your cupboard or not. Um, you know, we're, we're about out of time for today, Ben. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I, I look forward to uh, getting updates uh, with you and uh, Gateway. And I, I wish you all the best of luck with all of your endeavors. And, of course, I thank you guys for having the presence of mind to make sure and, and uh, assist this, uh, this fledgling industry that so needs the help. And uh, I'd also like to thank all of you for joining us on this edition of The State of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Don't forget to like and comment. I'm your host, Dave Inman, and we'll talk with you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.